Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. All right, then. Well, bless you. All. Stand on your feet, please. I'm going to get into this word. We're going to get into the word. We thank God for you. And um, tonight I'm going to begin the teaching about Rosh Hashanah and why it's important and what it means to us, the body of Christ. It's going to bless you. It's going to change your life. Look at Job chapter 38 and verse 4. Then I'm going to read uh, Job 38, 7, and then I'm going to jump, I'm going to, jump to Leviticus 23, 24, if you can manage to keep It'll be in my notes. So, so Job 38, 4, read that and I'm going to pray. We'll pray together. And the Bible reads, where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Let's pray. Father, help us enter into spiritual things that will impact natural things that will change our world. We need fresh manna, fresh revelation and understanding of the times in which we live so we can have expectation from you. I thank you for anointing me to teach, to preach, to make plain your will and your word to your people under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. Bless you. Job 38, 7 reads, when the when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Leviticus 23, 24. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing, blowing of trumpets and a holy convocation. All right, you may be seated. So, again, I'm talking about Rosh Hashanah because we're in this month of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. But I'm going to explain to you why we need to understand the Jewish feasts. Because we've got some on the fence and not really wanting to embrace or even understand it because of their being taught something totally different than what you're going to hear tonight. So the day of the blowing of the trumpets is called Yom Truah. In Hebrew, it means a remembrance of blowing. So the blowing of the trumpets, God says, is to help the people of God to remember. Now, you've heard me say throughout this whole year and maybe parts of last year, the power of remembrance that we as the church need to remember what God says is important. And we need to set aside things that we and the world tells us are important that has crept into the church and sidetracked us and got us off focus. So the blowing of the trumpets, trumpets is for remembering. In ancient Jewish thought, trumpets were blown and the angel shouted for joy when God created the heavens and the earth. That's what we read in the book of Job. The Bible says when the when the God created the world, the trumpet was blown and the angels, the sons of God shouted. They were excited about what God had just done. Jewish people have called that day Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year. Jewish people believe and others that that was the day God created the heavens and the earth. That's why the angels shouted for joy and a trumpet was blown. So we're seeing trumpets have meaning. When the trumpet is blown, we are to remember God created us. God created the heavens and the earth. Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. God created the heavens and the earth. On this day, in this season, everything God created on, uh, concerning earth and mankind was created on that day. Well, you already might be asking, why is this important, Reverend? Why are you teaching this kind of stuff? All that's going on in the world. Let me help you. Let me help you. Just please pay attention. And give me a moment. Give me a moment. So some 
information I do think is important. In Judaism, there are two calendars. There's a religious calendar and a civil calendar. The civil calendar begins the year with Rosh Hashanah in September, maybe October, or the month of Tishri. Uh, and the religious calendar begins in the year of Nisan in March, April. All right. Now, again, you may ask, did I say civil? Okay, the civil uh, calendar begins uh, in September, October, and the religious in March, April. Why, again, is that this important? Why do I think it's important? Because, and remember this, write this down, God does everything in seasons. God does everything in mankind's world, in our universe. He does everything in seasons. At times or specific times, God repeats certain events so that we can remember. Again, there is that word remember. God does things in seasons so that we can help, he can help us rather, keep up with him so that we can have expectations of what he's already done that he's going to do again. Why? Because we recognize it's the season for it. We here that live in the Midwest, we are very familiar with seasons. We know that fall is coming. Actually, meteorological fall has already come. But when fall shows up, we begin to change how we dress. We begin to change what we do. Fall signifies the beginning of school and many other things. And so the season has changed. So we change our mindset. We already know what's going to happen in the change of the season, so we're prepared for it. It's the same way with God. God does things in seasons, and he wants us to remember the seasons so we can be prepared for what he's about to do. Look at someone, even at your, in your home, a town home, an apartment, and tell them, God's about to do something, and he wants us to be ready. So again, God does things in seasons at specific times and repeats certain events so we can remember when they are about to happen again. The Bible says that, watch this now, turn it, well, Ecclesiastes 1.9, but before we go there, here's something I want you to understand too. The Bible tells us both in Romans 1.16 and Romans 12, I mean 2.10, that God reveals his mysteries to the Jew first. God revealed himself, his word, his mysteries, his covenant promises to the Jew first. Now, we may not like that, but it's in the Bible. And so then there are things we need to learn and can learn from Jewish people that understand times and seasons. Oh, man. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10. Whatever has happened before will happen again. I said that at the beginning. Whatever has happened before will happen again. God works in seasons. Whatever has been done before will be done again. God works in seasons. As long as you and I have lived in Midwest, as much as you pray, winter coming anyway. Because it's been here before. Winter was here before you and I were here, so winter's going to keep coming. As long as the earth remains, seed, time and harvest, summer, winter, Cody will not cease. Seasons change. All right. He says, there is nothing new under the sun. Verse 10. Can you say that anything is new? It has already been here long before us. That's in the Bible. So God does things in seasons so that we can be prepared for what he's about to do. Here's a quote by George Santayana. He's a 20th century philosopher who wrote a treatise in 1905 called Reason in Common Sense. And he quotes, and I quote him rather, 
Those who cannot remember the past are destined to repeat it. He also famously said, listen to this one. A country without memory is a country of madmen. See, this is this is one of the things the enemy tries very hard to do and unfortunately seems to be pretty successful at causing us to forget what happened in the past and repeat it. You've heard the phrase history repeats itself. It does. And the reason God allows certain things to repeat is so that we can finally learn from the past and change it before it happens. So the question, again, I pose to all that are listening. (laughs) The question I pose is, what are you choosing to remember? What are you? And when I say you, And I'm talking about saints. Say, folks, what are we choosing to remember? The last time somebody hurt you? The last time somebody didn't treat you right in the church or another brother or sister? Last time somebody didn't pay you back money that they, the last time, is it what are you choosing to remember? Is it the things of God or things of this world? Here's 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 another thought I want to pose to you very quickly. I was talking to Pastor Deborah this morning. Isn't it amazing how the world will not let us forget Christmas, the Super Bowl, the baseball season. The world is going to do advertisements. They're going to have famous people singing songs. The world is not going to let you and I forget anything the world wants to celebrate. But here we are after a pandemic and the church is forgetting to come together and worship God. The world is not forgetting to have parties. They're going to have the Oscars. They're going to have the Emmys. The world's going to party. The world's going to get together. And the devil is tricking the little G God of this world is tricking the church. We're forgetting we got to come to church and worship God. We're remembering what the world wants us to remember. And we're forgetting what God says to remember. Deuteronomy 8.18. But thou shalt remember. Someone say Remember. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers to this day. We are to remember the Lord our God who saved us, who raised us, who delivered us, who provides for us every day. That's who we ought to remember. We need to remember the Lord and everything he says. Psalm 9, 17. Listen to this one. The wicked who are wicked, people twisted in their thinking and hostile towards God shall be turned into hell, shall be steered into hell and the underworld and all nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations, all the people groups that forget God. There's danger in forgetting God and remembering everything else. Forgetting, write this down. Forgetting is foregoing. They're twin words. They're derivatives of one another. Forgetting is foregoing. What is foregoing? It's purposely letting something go. All the things you need to forget, make sure you're forgetting the right things. (laughs) Don't forget God. Don't purposely let him go. Don't give up on God. Give up on your pain. Give up on your hurt. Give up on your doubt. Forget your doubts. Forget your fears. Forgetting is voluntary, voluntary, voluntarily ignoring it. You don't voluntarily ignore God. We ignore what the enemy's lies are. We don't ignore the truth. Forgetting God is no longer acknowledging him as creator, which many are doing now. We got these telescopes have gone out beyond the universe to other universes, and and they're explaining how the world, you're forgetting your creator. You're forgetting God is sovereign. You're forgetting your king. 
Say this real quick. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm human like everyone else, and I have had loss, and people die in my family, and I know that it, it, there's pain with that. And so I, 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 I sympathize with uh, uh, the royals. But don't, 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 don't get all caught up in the queen and forget your king. She, she ain't your king, queen anyway. And so let me just leave that alone. You know, that's a whole nother. I already made some folk, you know. So anyway, Genesis 1.14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for what? Signs and seasons. Seasons. God has established seasons. He's established the sun and the moon so we can realize things change. Seasons come and seasons go. That's why God put the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky for us to understand seasons. Ecclesiastes 3.1, you probably heard this growing up as I did in church. Everything has its own time, and there's a specific season for every activity under heaven. Everything has its own time, its own season. Everything God does has a season. There's a, there was a season you weren't here, and then there was a time you were. And the season and the time that you and I are here, God ordained. Man. So again, everything happens on earth has its season, its set time, its appointed time, a specific moment of its manifestation. You, I, we manifested at a certain time. There's a day you were born, and before that day, you weren't manifest. You were in your mother's belly, but the next day, the day you were born, you manifested. Are you glad you manifested? I'm glad you manifested. So, Again, we're in the month of September, and September is the month of Elul, and this month, write this down, never forget this, this month leading up to the new year and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, this month is the month we begin preparation for reconciliation. I'm telling you, in this season, God's about to reconcile some things in your life. It's time, it's, time, it's time for some relationships to get reconciled. It's time for, for father and son and mother and daughter and brother to brother and sister, church member to church member, denomination. It's time for reconciliation. This month is the month that we prepare for reconciliation. We prepare for a new year. We don't want to go into the next year with things unreconciled, with the books unbalanced. This month is the sixth month of the civil calendar and the twelfth month of the biblical calendar. Now, you have to follow me. I'm going to say some things here. And let me just insert this. In Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, It's the glory of God to conceal a thing and the honor of kings to search it out. What I'm telling you, I'm telling you as a king, I've searched it out in the scriptures. I don't just read the Bible and say yes. I dig deep. So you need to understand what I'm saying. Maybe if you've not heard it before, don't dismiss it because maybe you ain't gone as deep as I've gone. Maybe you need to go deeper. Proverbs 25, 2. So this is the sixth month of the civil calendar and the 12th month of the government or excuse me, of the biblical calendar. Six is the number of man and 12 is the number of government. This is the sixth month, again, of the civil calendar and the twelfth month of the biblical calendar. Six is the number of man. Twelve is the number of government. What does that mean? That means this month, mankind, men of God, women of God, we must govern what's in our lives. You must use your mouth. Again, pay. <laughs> you must use your mouth to govern and control the things that God has brought into your life. Also, we must use our mouth to govern and control the things the enemy has thrown into our lives. 
Don't just let the devil run around and do what he wants to do. Get some scripture, open your mouth, pray and fast and declare what the enemy is not going to do any long in your life because you're governing your life with the anointing of God he put on you. Don't, hey, tell somebody, stop crying. Open your mouth. Rebuke the enemy. Govern what's in your life. Don't let things govern you. This month, again, we must govern what is in our lives, removing what's bad and non-productive and adding what's good and beneficial. There it is right there. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. If God put it in your life, it's good and it's going to bless you. If God said it, his word won't return void. It'll prosper. It'll accomplish what he said. If it's of the devil, get it out of your life. Get out of your mind. Stop repeating it. Stop quoting it. Stop saying crazy stuff people are saying. Stop repeating the crazy things unless you're going to pray against them. We are to restore. Hear this. Please hear. We are to restore right relationships with all things. This is the season. This is the season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are to restore right relationships with all things, with people, with God, with your money, with your car, with your house, with your everything. It's time to restore right relationships because some folk got the wrong relationship with money. You can't keep it. You keep spending it. Look at the recession. Look at what's going on. in the. You need to use wisdom with your money now. Don't spend. Don't use credit for everything. The interest rates are too high. Get the right relationship with everything. That's what we're fasting and praying about. That's why, Yom, that's why um, Rosh Hashanah is so important. Because over time, things get out of place in everybody's life. Things get out of place. Things get out of balance. Sometimes our health gets out of balance. Sometimes we spend too much money on, and sometimes we spend too much money or spend too much time trying to fix wrong relationships. You chasing that man down, he done got remarried. Why are you still chasing him down? You can't have him now. He married somebody else. I don't know why I said that. Somebody needed to hear that. You need to get the right relationship with that brother. That's just a brother now. He's just a brother. <laughs> History itself, pay attention to it, is revealing changes in government globally. We talked about Queen Elizabeth dying. Now there's going to be a king for some folk, not us. Even in America, we're approaching the midterms where there's going to be elections and it's going to change the face of America leading up to the presidential election. We're in a season of great change. God Almighty. Matthew 6, 14, 15. Jesus says, if we forgive men their trespasses, our heavenly father will also forgive us. Verse 15, but if we don't forgive people, neither will our father forgive us. Now, we've read that. We've heard that. But I wonder if we really, really meditated on it and really unpacked it. Because this is what Jesus was saying. Jesus said unforgiveness blocks the grace of God from impacting your life. Uh Oh, That's what he just said that Jesus said, if we don't forgive the blood of Jesus ain't effective over your life. Wow. If we don't forgive, we're unforgiven. I don't care how much you repent and call on Jesus and plead the blood. If you got unforgiveness in your heart, the blood ain't going to be applied to you. The grace of God ain't coming to you. I know that's hard to hear, but that's what Jesus said. If we don't forgive, unforgiveness blocks the grace. This is why we're not being as blessed because too many saints got unforgiveness. Oh, God. Too many saints got unforgiveness in their heart and you know it. So God allows a season 
of Rosh Hashanah to come along so we can say, you know what, God? You're right. I got to get this out. I got to get this right. I got to take authority. I got to govern my spirit. I got to govern my mind. I can't let my emotions keep me bound up. God, you're too good. You've been too good. The blood of Jesus is still effective. I need forgiveness. I need healing. I need a breakthrough, God. Yom Kippur, the day of atonement is coming. The day when you atone for my sin and everybody else. I can't walk around in unforgiveness and expect you to forgive me. Forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is sending away hurt. You know, our sin hurts God. So we need to be forgiven of our sin. Sin, forgiveness rather, is sending away wrong. We wrong God through Adam and Eve. We wronged him. But when he forgives us, he sends away our wrong. Forgiveness is sending away pain. Sin pains God and it pains people in the world. So when God forgives us, he sends the pain of our sin away. Forgiveness is sending away injustice. Come on, my people. Come on, my people. Forgiveness is saying, you did me unjustly, but I'm sending it away. I'm not going to treat you like you are still unjust. Because that's what Jesus has done for all of us. See, when we forgive others, God sends away our wrongs. But if you don't forgive them, your wrong is still on you. When we forgive others, God sends away our pain. But if you don't forgive other people, your pain going to stay on you. When we forgive others, God sends away our injustice. So you no longer feel unjust or it felt like you were done unjustly. Huh. See, when we are in right standing with God, again, vertically, then right standing with people horizontally, now we can walk in the favor of God because righteousness produces favor. If we're not right, listen, 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 listen. If, for example, you owe GM, GMC for a car, you never paid, finished paying for it, you're not in right standing with them. So they probably won't sell you another car until you get things right. So there's no favor coming from GMC. It's the same way in the kingdom. If you want God's favor, we have to remember to do what he says. And he says, forgive. So we're in a season of reconciliation. You need to write down a list of people that you need to forgive. And you might need to write down a list of people that need to forgive you and be bold enough in prayer to call them and say, you know what? You've been holding stuff against me too long. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. Let's get this right. See there? See there? See, Satan, say Satan. Satan, the devil, is the accuser of the brethren. Do you know what happens when we don't forgive each other? Satan tells the court in heaven, see, they ain't forgave each other. They don't deserve your grace. Look at them, still fighting. They look at it. They in their 50s, been in church 20 years. That's what he does. The accuser, that's what he does. Legally, he's the accuser of the brother. Does, do we leave things for him to accuse us for? Do we leave things for the devil to use in the court of heaven to accuse us? Because Jesus is our advocate. He sits at the right hand of the Father, always interceding. But if we don't forgive, what can he say to the Father? The lives of the saints, the lives of God's people must be governed by mercy and grace. Write that down. Our lives must be governed by mercy and grace. It's amazing how we want God to be merciful to us, but we sometimes don't want to show nobody no mercy. No, 
No, that, that brother ain't right. He's going to pay me them $20. Man, it's been 30 years. Let the brother go. Call him. Email. Man, I forgive you $20, man. You got to. No, uh-uh. No, 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 Bishop. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, that ninja going to give me them $20. Come on now. Don't you want God to show you some mercy? Don't you need the grace of God? Don't you need God to do you a favor? Then do somebody else a favor and release them. That's the season we're in. See, the feasts of the Lord are seasons of remembrance. The feasts of the Lord are seasons of remembrance. When God invites us to dine and fellowship with him at his table. Verse 2, Leviticus 23. Catch this. This will change your life. Leviticus 23, 2. God says to Moses, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord. Wait a minute. What does that say? Feasts of who? Feasts of who? All right. Let's keep reading. Which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations or holy gatherings. He says, even these are what? My feasts. Whose feasts are they? That means they're not Jewish feasts. They're God's feasts. See, this is where we got it wrong. Oh, that's the Jews. No, God said they're my feasts. They don't belong to Jew. They don't belong to uh, uh, Parisians. They don't belong to Egyptians. They don't belong to Methodists. They're God's feasts. They don't belong to the Jewish people. They just got the revelation first. But God said, they're my feasts. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I've been to a couple family reunions. And you didn't have to bring all the food. And some of us didn't bring nothing but ourselves. But you ate and drank and all that red Kool-Aid. Oh, geez, maybe that's why we got sugar. Dot, you know, let me move on. <laughs> the feasts are the Lord's, which means God put the feasts on to bless his children. So if God puts a feast on and we ignore it, then we're missing out on a blessing, aren't we? We're missing out on a blessing when we don't attend a feast that God put on. Because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns everything. So then when God has a feast, you can better believe you're going to get everything you need when you show up. Your healing, your breakthrough, your deliverance, everything you need is at God's feasts. Verse number four, Leviticus chapter 23. These are the feasts of the Lord even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. When the feast, when it's time for a feast, God says, tell everybody, get ready to come to my feast because I'm getting ready to bless everybody. God gave man mercy and grace through, of course, Jesus Christ and the remembrance of his feasts so that we can repent, reset, and renew ourselves. Now, of course, because of Jesus' blood and the cross, we can do that anytime. But God established the feast before Christ so that we could remember that they exist. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Listen to this. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing, hallelujah, that's the feasts. They're times of refreshing. They're appointed times where God says, come and get refreshed. Hallelujah. When the times of refreshing shall come from where? The presence of the Lord. Where is his presence? At his feasts. Verse 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ. <laughs> he shall send Jesus. You're going to get another manifestation of God's grace through Jesus Christ. All right. What time is it? 
Let's go here. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Now, if you're going through the notes, you'll know I skipped some things about blowing of the shofar and blowing of the trumpets, but I'm going to pick it up here. In First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of archangel and the trump. Again, there's the power of the trumpet. When the trumpets are blown, it's a major issue. It's a major event that's about to take place. So the trumpet is blown to get everyone's attention. Some of us that were in the army understand trumpet blowing means you need to get ready. You need to gather together. In the Bible, trumpets were blown when it was time to go to war. In the scripture, trumpets were born when it was time to uh, coronate a new king. When you hear the trumpet blown, it means something is about to happen. God is about to intervene. God is about to do something great in the earth that's going to impact your life. Again, why am I saying that? Because one of the traditions, please hear me, one of the traditions of Rosh Hashanah is blowing of the trumpets. But one of the traditions I'm going to talk about now, we'll get onto that in a minute. Prayerfully, I'll have time. One of the traditions of Rosh Hashanah is dipping apples in honey and eating them. Dipping apples in honey and eating them. What is the significance of dipping apples in honey because honey is sweet and sticky. So when you, if you were to do it, dip your apple in honey, the honey sticks to the apple. And when you eat it, it sticks to your lips and your tongue. It's to remind you to stick to God. As simple as that may be, you need to understand you and I need to stick with God. Some have drifted off. Even if you go to church, you haven't stuck to God. Here's the word. The biblical word is to cleave to God. That's why God says a man shall leave his father and mother and what? Stick to his wife. Let me just say prophetically, somebody need to stick with their spouse. When saints don't stick with God, everything else falls apart. Sheba Salama. If the saints don't stick with God, your family falls apart. Your business will begin to fall apart. Your finances will begin to fall apart. Your health will begin to fall apart. Our neighborhoods and communities begin to fall apart. Our schools, everything falls apart when we don't stick with God. Everything begins to fall apart. Everything begins to separate. Every institution you can think of, those I mentioned and those that I have not mentioned. Again, Rosh Hashanah is the blowing of the trumpet or the shofar. It's the birthday of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. The shofar during Rosh Hashanah is blown 100 times each day. With those that practice it, it's blown 100 times each day. Why? Everything means something. This is why you got to dig into the scriptures to understand and not just read it and not really fully get the benefit of why things are done and why other things should not be done. Again, the shofar is blown 100 times each day. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Isaac sold seed in a famine, and in the same year, he reaps a hundredfold. Luke 18, 29 and 30, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents, brother or sister or wife or children for the kingdom's sake. Somebody say it's about the kingdom. Verse 30, he says, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come a hundredfold. You going to receive a hundredfold. See, it's about God providing for his people. 
It's for us to remember, no matter what the economy does, God is going to provide for his people. If Isaac sold during the famine, God blessed him and his seed produced a hundredfold. God is letting you and I know to remember what has been done before can be done again. Is anybody understanding that God just wants you to know that anything can happen when you walk by faith and not by sight? When you put your trust in the Lord. It's two words I kept hearing as I was preparing this message. Two words. I believe it's something that we need to consider for the new year. It needs to be in the forefront of our minds for the new year. And it's the words kingdom first. Say that with me. Kingdom first. One more time. Kingdom first. Well, maybe the third time. Say it. Kingdom first. See, the feasts of the Lord where he calls us to himself are to remind us we belong to him. They are to remind us he provides for us. They are to remind us God's kingdom is first. Not the World Series. <laughs> Not your baby shower. Not the promotion. All these other things that are wonderful. But God has got to be first. I believe too many of God's people have forgotten to make him first. We'll Get to God after we do all these other things. I'll come to church if I ain't got nothing else to do. I'll serve in the church if I don't have to work. Or go to school. Or go to badminton practice. God's not first. And the feasts of the Lord are to remind us he's to always be first. Rosh Hashanah. The birthday of the world. We wouldn't be here if God didn't speak you into existence. Why can't he, why shouldn't he be first in our thoughts, in our deeds, in our practices? Why shouldn't he be first? Why? He is God. We shouldn't allow, allow anything to be before him. God tells Israel first, then the church. In his Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. First, God first, kingdom first, not your house first. Not your house. I think it's in Haggai. I think God says, you, Israel, you went around building big houses and Panel roofs and you lay in your crib out and look at my crib. Look at my house. You ain't want to go to it no more. You wonder why you, you were making all that money and put it in your pocket and your pocket got holes in it. You wonder why you can't keep nothing. Because I ain't first. I'm the one that gave you the strength, that gave you the wisdom, gave you the knowledge, let you graduate from college. I helped you and you forgot me. God first. Kingdom first. This is the proper balance between earthly and heavenly things. Hear me. The proper balance between earthly and heavenly things is God first. God doesn't mind you being blessed. You can have the most expensive car they make. God ain't got no problem with it as long as he's first. You can have the biggest house. You, you can, as long as, God, long as he's first. You could marry the handsomest man on the planet and brag every day. He don't care as long as he first. Making God first is recognizing and remembering what God says is right in his eyes. That should be our primary focus. What God says is right rather than what the world says is right. 
I, I'm, 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 I'm flabbergasted, I'm out of words when I look online and I see people that supposedly are Christians and get up and say exactly the opposite of what the Bible says because they have their own personal beliefs about something that's happening in our culture. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm amazed. My brothers and my sisters, everyone stand on your feet, please. I'm, 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 I'm finished. I'm finished, please. The feasts are the Lord's. I'm going to give you a little taste of Sunday because we're going to continue this, this theme because the feasts are the Lord's. I want you to think with me for a moment. Bow your heads. Just, just meditate for, for a moment with me. Just, just think about the last time somebody invited you to their home for a meal and you know they could cook. You knew it. You, oh, my God, they can burn. And you, 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 you were just thinking days before how good it was going to be. You, you saw yourself eating it. You saw yourself getting seconds and thirds. You, you saw them being very hospitable to you. You, you had your shoes off. You wore your, your loose pants so your belly could expand. You, you, had, you were just ready to throw down. It was, it was going to be on. And you, you wouldn't let nothing stop that. You, uh-uh, I'm not going, no, I'm not going to the park. I'm not going to the, no, I'm going over so-and-so's house because it's going to be a feast. Well, that's how we should think about God. Because the Bible tells us in Psalm 23 that God prepares a table. God prepares a table. God has prepared a table for us. God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Our cup runs over. You're going to have plenty to drink and wash down every single bite of the goodness of God that he has invited you and I to. My brothers and my sisters, every Sunday, God invites you to his table. He invites you to his feast at his churches where he prepares a table before you where the word of God is there to meet every one of your needs, to heal your broken heart, to strengthen you in your body, to strengthen you in your marriage, to strengthen your business, to strengthen your family. God prepares a table every Sunday. And today, too many would rather eat with the world than eat with their God. Father, help us tonight recognize the revelation that's being presented to us tonight. Don't let us ignore you, forget you, walk away from you as if we don't need you. When you set so many markers up for us to remember the Lord our God who has given us the power to get wealth. God told Israel, "Put write the word of God on your doorpost. Don't forget me. Write it everywhere so you can see it. Put it around your arm called phylactery so when you work, you remember God. Put it on your head. Write it. Don't forget me. Whatever you do, God says, don't forget me because I am your God. I am your creator. I am your provider. I am your sustainer. Why would you ignore my invitation and go to a concert the world is throwing? So, Father, tonight, forgive us and then help us. Have mercy upon us in this season of Rosh Hashanah as we approach the head of the year, as we approach the time, the days of awe, before we get to Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. Help us to reconcile, balance the books of our own life so you can bless the beginning 
and the rest of this next year. We don't want to repeat this past year's failures and frustrations. Help us to understand the power of the season that we are in. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody needs to repent and ask Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart for the very first time. And then others need to repent because you've forgotten who your God is. You've forgotten his grace and his mercy. You've forgotten how good he's been to you. You've not remembered the Lord your God as you have as you should have. But that is changing now. So if that's either if you're in either one of those conditions or positions, bow your head right now and you pray from your heart, meaning it and mean it. And God will hear and God will forgive. And God's grace and his mercy will be available for you and your life will never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for telling us what to remember. Thank you for telling us what to forget. Thank you for your feasts. Thank you for preparing a table before us. We don't have to do anything but sit at the table by faith and receive everything you prepared by faith. We don't have to cook. We don't have to kill. We don't have to dress. We don't have to do anything. You prepared the table. Forgive us for ignoring you. We'll not ignore your table, your presence, or your goodness again. We thank you for times of refreshing. Refresh these, your people. Refresh your people. Refresh your people. Many are tired. They're broken, sick. Refresh your people. This is a time of refreshing. Refresh your people. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you thank God and you need a refreshing, come on, put your hands together and just thank him. You watching, thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him for times of refreshing. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.